Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Christine. Hello, Asha. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. I'm technically on vacation. Um, <laughs> wink. But here I am. <laughs> but this doesn't feel like work. This just feels like chatting with friends. So yeah. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm here. It's... I'm covered in bug bites and I'm here. <laughs> That's what summer's all about. Well, that is what summer's all about. I guess. Um, I, I, I don't know. Bug spray is a good thing. But, um, you know, I speaking of summer, I thought it would actually really be nice for us to sort of talk about something that's both sort of lightweight, but also really heavy because it's daily. And that is cooking and eating. And, you know, we still have to cook and eat every day, even though it's summer, <laughs> even though there are days where it's like, really, is this required? But um, I thought it would be great to talk about it because I feel like, um, you know, cooking and eating has been such a sort of big piece of um, pandemic living. Mm -hmm. And and it's changed a lot um, with the summer, both because it's summer um, and obviously people's schedules are different, but also obviously our, our lives are very different, too, in terms of COVID restrictions and how we move around our spaces and our towns. And so we thought it would be really great to just sort of shift Talk about what we're actually eating, cooking, just what's going on in our kitchens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is really fun. Um, our listeners love talking about food, which is one of my very favorite things. And um, I, I will start this by saying that, hey, in the summer or really any time of year, if you want breakfast food for breakfast, lunch and dinner, like you do you. <laughs> That's cool. We are we are totally into that. But Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons I love these food episodes that we periodically do is it just helps me get out of my rut. Because the reality is I actually like cooking. I'm the head, the central cook in our family. And I get in ruts like everybody else and sort of get tired of it and need some new ideas. So, right, right, right. I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I realize that when I go to a friend's house, you know, one of the things that I love doing is I love looking in people's refrigerators because I, mm -hmm. I like, I just kind of want to know, like, what's your normal stuff that you just have sitting around? Not the stuff that you make for guests or even the stuff that you sort of 
pulled together as a meal. But what do you have sitting around that just sort of makes the, you know, eating throughout the day and evening work? And it's really nice sometimes to just hear what people are actually cooking and eating, Mm -hmm. you know, like. So this is consider this a little, you know, sort of tour through our own fridges and um, kitchens and just a just a real like day to day talk about like what's keeping us fed. Um, yep. You know, thing, and you know, it's just I think the other thing is that it, it's changed. I feel like I actually discovered some new things during the lockdown about grocery shopping and stuff. And so um, it's sort of interesting now that I'm in this sort of hybrid place. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Just one last comment. I was sort of smiling when you said that you like to go to other people's houses and, you know, see what's in their fridge, because I just got back um, from visiting my sister and her family on the Cape. And she loves, you know, she's the central cook, too. And we were putting lunch together and she started um, making sort of a quinoa, just quinoa with chickpeas and black beans and then some seasonings. And I was like, huh, I always have the quinoa separate. I have my beans separate. Never thought to put them together, and it was mm-hmm. delicious. So you better believe I put on quinoa as soon as, soon as I got home and got out my beans. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, little little mm-hmm. bits of inspiration are good. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, should we should we just like jump in? I can yeah. I can start. Let's here. do it. Do it. I think the 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 hub around which all of my cooking rotates <laughs> is around our CSA vegetable. We have a great farm share that. Um, runs all the way from June to October. It's kind of remarkable. And so I find that this, during these many months, um, what I cook and eat pretty much revolves around what produce comes up, which most of the time can be fairly predictable. And then other times you get something weird in there that you're like, oh, great, I'm going to figure out how to cook this thing. Um, Asha, you better believe that I'm waiting for the delicata squash to come in in the fall. Oh my God, that's so funny. You remember that I'm like, you know, evangelical about delicata squash? Of course I do. And because you <laughs> encouraged me to try it last year, there was one week of the CSA actually where my friend Eric, who runs the CSA, I said, he said, put out a call that there was some extra delicata squash. And I texted and was like, could I have it all, like all of it? And <laughs> literally came home with a backpack full of it. Anyway, so um, yeah, right now, I guess based on the CSA, Tons of salads, which I love all year round anyway. That's just kind of my body craves a lot of produce. Um, but some of the little treats have been you know, pesto made with really, really fresh basil, uh, roasted veggies, which I eat all year round. Um, beets are especially a treat right now. Um, mm. I feel like they, not I feel like they just definitely taste way better and wonderful and earthier than canned beets, which I'll sort of limp through in the winter sometimes. Um Lots of carrots and potatoes, and it's it's just been delightful. Mm. I yesterday because I was out of town, uh, Laurel and my teenager ended up picking up the veggies, and I was a little like, okay, what what did, what did you get? Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like six twenty five a.m. here in Portland, and my mouth is watering. That just sounds so delicious. So good. <laughs> I I I'm a great lover of vegetables. Oh, Craig, Christine, one little thing. Yeah, I just want to make sure I don't know if everybody listening knows what CSA stands for or what a CSA is. Can you just explain what that is? Yeah. Like, it, how does it, it work? It's just um, right. It's it's like an investment in farms. So mm-hmm. you sign up in advance. You pay. I don't know if they all work this way, but we just pay a flat fee 
Uh, you can at RCSA, you can opt for a half share, like where you pick up six different types of veggies each week or a full share, like which is usually 10 to 12 items. And it just means that you make an advance investment in a farm um, and commit to their produce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it means taking a little risk, like especially mm-hmm. like right now we get these awesome farm newsle- newsletters. It's been so rainy that. Mm-hmm. Some they've had some problems because of I mean everything's been super bountiful, but you basically take a risk risk alarm along with a farm um, in order to commit to supporting them, and it's just been really awesome. I love it. Mm, that's really really great. So CSA it stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Yes, yeah, I think so. Right, and <laughs> um, you know I know in Portland, you know there are CSA um, you know sort of setups with farms where they deliver a box of veggies to your house. Other CSAs, this is more common, at least in my area, they have like a big, huge truck rumbles in and like parks at the local park and mm-hmm, everybody goes mm-hmm. to that place and picks up their box of veggies mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. a rotating box of, of produce. Yeah. 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 Really, really my cool. friend, thank you is, for, thank you for dialing that back. I realize I, I didn't explain. No, that's okay. That's, that's, that's really okay. We say CSA all the time and I, I've never done it myself, but um, one thing my friend does, uh, she goes out of town and she'll say, you know what? We're out of town. You could go pick up our CSA this, this week. It's like, Ooh. Oh yes, this is so fun. Yeah. And <laughs> one time I went and I picked up and not, in addition to all the veggies was this huge, huge bunch of um, dahlias, you know, flowers. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. Oh wow. Anyway. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. That's fun. All right. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So um, my uh, my first tip of this episode is pretty straightforward, and that is that I like making an entire sheet pan of roasted chicken thighs every week or That's so. That's a lot of thighs. That's a lot of thighs. <laughs> I'm talking like six to 12 chicken thighs. Um, yeah, that's great. D- depending on what's on sale, boneless or with the bone. Frankly, I think with the bone tastes better, but boneless is sort of easier to just deal with. Um you know, I brine them or I marinate them um, and then I just roast them all. And that way I have a bunch of chicken sitting in the fridge. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, that is just like money in the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you eat some for dinner that night and then you use the rest for chicken salad or you shred it or whatever. You know how it is when you have leftover chicken. And it's just really great. You stir fry it. Um uh, that's just been like a real central thing for me and it's super time saving and very delicious and really great when I want to throw together a salad for breakfast or something like that. I believe it or not, I eat a lot of salad for breakfast. Oh yeah. That's, salad all day that, long. That's been happening for me. I don't know. I'm just into it. So that's, that's where I'm going to start. Yeah. I love that. I mean, also just like, you know, economy of scale, turn on the oven once and do a bunch of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I'm like a, broken record with my roasted vegetables around here. So I, well, I understand the, so am I, I'm a, I'm a roasted vegetable fanatic. That's all we ever eat. And, yeah. uh, but, but roasting chicken, roasting chicken sort of in bulk actually is sort of new to me. And I used to be a real like boneless chicken breast person. Now I am a chicken thigh person all the way. I just mm. find that they taste better. They're sort of a better size. They cook more evenly. And I believe um, more affordable too, actually. More affordable. Yeah. I just find that they're a much more versatile cut and um they're delicious. Okay. There I'm putting that on my uh putting that on my next grocery list. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have more. We're already hungry, but we've got more that we're gonna cover after a quick break. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. 
and I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Okay, friends, we are back. We are talking about what we're cooking and eating this summer. And oh my goodness, I'm going to kick off this section and talk about cornbread, which might sound like a little bit of a humble bread, but I got to say, I am obsessed. It is, uh, regular listeners might know that I am, uh, I'm gluten-free largely. And, uh, one of the few simple baked goods where you cannot taste the difference when you sub in a gluten-free one-to-one flour is, uh, cornbread. Um, I think because the ratio of cornmeal is actually pretty high, Something about it, like it tastes exactly the same, which I will say is not the case for many baked goods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have this cookbook. It's Baking Illustrated's uh, super nerdy cookbook. They they do a lot of research into their recipes and tell you about their scientific process testing uh, recipes, which is pretty awesome if you're into that sort of thing. And apparently northern versus southern cornbread is a thing where mm, the northern yeah, is a huge thing. Yeah, I didn't. I'd never really thought about it, but I learned about it a while ago in this book. Northern's a little more moist, Southern's more crumbly, uh, and we love the Northern, and it is an, on constant rotation. And earlier in the spring, I think I posted about this in stories on Instagram, but I started um, prepping. You know how like you get a a cooking baking mix at the grocery mm-hmm. store, and it's usually just the dry ingredients, and then you add the wet ingredients later. I started mm-hmm. doing this with cornbread and prepping dry ingredients in batches of like four uh, so that it's super easy to knock cornbread together whenever you Mm. want. Like you just need to add three wet ingredients to it. Mm -hmm. I've actually even done this like on a school morning. That's how easy it is. Mm. (laughs) So I love it. I'll see if I can, I don't know if I can find, um, 
you know, I don't want to break any copyright situation. I'll do a quick search later on to see if I can mm-hmm. find a link to the recipe online. And if I can, yeah. I'll, put, I'll include it in the notes. Is Baking Illustrated the same folks who do Cooks Illustrated? I don't know, but I think hmm. they are. America's they might Test be. Kitchen? Yeah, they might be. They've got, you know, the magazine and then, but yep. this is like a, this is a book that, a cookbook that I, you know, got years and years ago. So, and it's mm-hmm. just, everything always tastes good out of it. Yeah. I'll link well, up the I'm cookbook so- for sure. Well, it's sort of interesting because, you know, I was just talking about my roasted chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. So I just I, you know, I recently was at my mom's house and I was going through my dad's old cookbooks, um, which most of which mom's not going to use. So I brought home this massive, massive, like 1000 recipes from Cooks, Cooks Illustrated. Mm. And so it's that same sort of like we tried 47 different ways to roast chicken thighs. <laughs> And uh, that's how I roasted my chicken thighs the other day. And they were unbelievable. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I'm going to trust there. the people who have tried it for 47 times. They yeah. clearly figured it out. <laughs> yeah, it's so I love I absolutely love those recipes and I love the illustrations. I love everything about them. Yeah. OK. Um, all right. My next thing here is soft boiled eggs. Mm. Um, I find that many people say this. You could put an egg on top of just about anything and sure turn can. it either. Yes. OK. That's totally a thing. And it turns into a meal, or at least it turns more delicious. And so, you know, I used to do this with fried eggs all the time, um, but I've been like on a quest to figure out how to properly soft boil an egg in the Instant Pot. So I think it was a little bit like egg plus entertainment for me because this was a challenge. So for those of you who use an Instant Pot, I have found that putting cold eggs in the steamer basket and then using the steam setting for four minutes and then, you know, taking them out, sticking them in some ice water creates the perfect soft boiled egg. And now I will put soft boiled eggs on top of my salad, on top of toast. I'll have them, you know, on the side of just about anything. I sometimes put them on top of reheated leftovers. Oh, soft boiled eggs. Let me tell you, they're delicious. And when you use that instant pot, it doesn't heat up your kitchen. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. yes. So obviously you don't have to use an instant pot. You can use a regular pot. But I'm just saying that's what I've discovered. That's fantastic. I'm a huge. Well, it's very Korean to toss an like this Koreans is... toss an egg on everything. So mm-hmm. they're just magical. So I, mm-hmm. I and I love your point about the kitchen because the heating the kitchen, because we have uh, I guess technically it's called a pressure cooker. But some time ago, my mom gave us what just really looks like a a stainless steel pot with a <laughs> lid and you plug in, it's got a temperature gauge. And she kept pointing out to me that this was a very expensive rice cooker that she was gifting me. <laughs> um, but just this summer I was like, well, it's basically the equivalent of, you know, cooking rice on a stove, but you never have to worry about it burning. So I started cooking right. beans in it mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. It's just like, doesn't heat up the kitchen. You don't have to worry about anything burning. It's just perfect. So I love that you're using your Instant Pot to Mm -hmm. steam eggs. That's so so cool. Yeah, I use it for all sorts of steaming, but the eggs really are ideal, and I do that almost every day. Yum. All right. Well, I'm going to share a favorite that um, actually it's a recipe I probably discovered like 20 years ago. (laughs) But the point is I recently took a spin through my recipe binder to remind myself of things I hadn't cooked in a while or what I used to make because I think I mentioned this on my our last episode about summer socializing, but my in-laws came. It was our this was last month sometime, but by this point, but it was our first time serving a meal and I was 
kind of thinking to myself, how do we, how do we do this again? Mm, <laughs> so that's totally. why I was, yeah, that's why I was in my recipe binder. And I was reminded of this delightful, amazing salmon cake recipe that I had clipped. I have a clipping in my binder from Martha Stewart. Um, it is forgiving. It is delicious. I will look it up and see if I can try to find it online. And I think another reason why I love it is that it's one of those recipes where, because, you know, when you have fish cakes or whatever, it makes an animal-based protein go a lot farther. It's got lots Mm -hmm. of onions and celery and other stuff in it. Um, Because generally we try to treat uh, animal proteins more like a side than a main dish. So, Mm -hmm. and it looks like very festive and fancy, even though it's Mm -hmm. not hard. So love having those salmon cakes on top of a salad or when they came, I arranged them prettily on a tray and then had lots of other stuff around it. But Mm. they're just, they're so, so good. I'm just sitting here going, mmm, because it just all sounds so good. Okay, do you use canned salmon or oh, no, fresh no, salmon? No, 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 no. I buy oh. like regular salmon, okay. just broil it in the oven, and then mm-hmm. you flake it off, just like the kind of, sort of like how yeah. you'd make a tuna salad or something like that. Sure, but sure, sure. there's all sorts, of, there's capers in it, mustard, mm. yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I'm super into that. Yeah. Mm. I will look up the recipe. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um. Okay, well, from... um. From that to uh, this is one, you know, so my my next suggestion here is Beyond Burgers, which is a Mm -hmm. brand of veggie burgers. Now, I'm specifying the brand because I find that this particular veggie burger just tastes way better than every other veggie burger I've had, Uh including the other sort of like modern newfangled veggie burgers. Yeah, Um, we I used to be vegetarian. I haven't been vegetarian for many years. My husband is vegetarian. My kids are not. We have people all over the map about, you know, vegetarianism. And we also know some people who are not vegetarian, but who are allergic to soy. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. Beyond Burgers uh, do not have soy in them. Um, But the point is, it's the only burger that seems to satisfy both meat and veg eaters. And um, my daughter doesn't even like burgers on a good day. And even she likes them. So the fact is they're just universally popular and they're delicious. They're easy to make. You leave them in the freezer. You can buy them on sale. I think that's important to say out loud. Like they go on sale regularly at my store. And so I stock up at that time and then just leave them in the the freezer. And um, I serve them with roasted sweet potatoes or roasted regular potatoes or sometimes corn on the cob, depending on the season, or like a big fruit salad, a big green salad. Sometimes, like you said, Christine, about serving those salmon cakes on top of a salad, I'll serve a Beyond Burger on top of a salad. And it's really good, especially if I happen to have some mushrooms and onions sitting around. I'll saute those and stick those on top. Super delicious. Beyond Burgers. And I think they I think they when in my grocery store, they're in the refrigerated, like with various other vegetarian uh, kind of soy substitute items. But Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you can freeze them. Mm-hmm. Um, and since you're talking about burgers, I do love a good burger. I will say for anybody else who is in the gluten-free train, um, I recently tried Udi's um, gluten-free burger buns. Mm-hmm. They're in the freezer se- section. And oh my gosh, it was so satisfying. So, Oh, that's rec- nice. Yeah. Yeah. So just as an option. Udi's has been around for a long time, that They brand. have been around for a long time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their bread, frozen bread, I'm not like a huge fan of because they are literally like three by three inch square pieces of bread, which doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like enough bread for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, the the buns are great. I, they were mm-hmm. very like 
comparable to a regular mm-hmm. one. Great. All right. Okay. We have some more items to talk about food-wise, and we will do that after a quick break. Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, folks. We're back and we're talking about summer cooking and eating, what's changed, what we're doing, what's actually happening in our homes. And I want to depart from the kitchen for a minute to just shine the spotlight back at takeout food. Um, We still have continued doing weekend takeout at independent restaurants um, here in Portland, Um, both to, you know, just take a break from cooking, but also to continue supporting our local independent restaurants and servers, um, food service folks. And so my family continues to avoid indoor dining. We have never started indoor dining and don't really intend to until this pandemic is actually over. And that is not to say, though, that we don't love restaurants and that we also don't want to, like, you know, be part of our, you know, Portland food scene and part of our Portland food economy. And, you know, you've probably heard Portland, Oregon has an amazing array of food carts and um, dining, all sorts of different food. Um, And I have really become a fan of takeout. I honestly never liked takeout very much before because I sort of felt like, why would I pay restaurant prices for food that um, is not as hot and I still have to do the dishes? (laughs) But I feel very differently about that now. Um, It's a completely different set of variables. And, um, you know, now we take our takeout to the, you know, to the backyard, my beloved backyard. And um, it makes me feel good knowing we're 
you know, leaving some tips and pumping some money into our local economy. I love takeout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we haven't, you know, we've been just cooking so much more, but I do, it is, yes, yes to all the things, uh, mm-hmm. supporting local businesses and just, and also just getting a break every now mm-hmm. and then, you know, sometimes I just get, I'm just tired of making stuff. So mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Um, okay. Well, speaking of somebody else making stuff, my, <laughs> my next thing I want to talk about is actually something made by my teenager, Laurel. It's her little specialty thing and it's perfect for summer. And she makes these delightful smoothie parfaits. These are my new favorite thing. I don't want to try to replicate what she does because then I can't ask her, ask her to make them for me, which is part of the delight. (laughs) Um, However, that said, if anybody would like to try to replicate, we get, I still use ship for, I actually still don't go to the grocery store a lot, which is awesome. And I'm, I'm still into it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So anyway, we use shipped uh, the target groceries and good and gather is their one of their brands. And so they've got like a tropical fruit blend in the frozen aisle. Uh, It's a mix of bananas, pineapples, mangoes, that sort of thing. So she'll Mm -hmm. blend that with, I believe dates, cinnamon and soy milk and make a smoothie. And then she'll put it in a pretty glass and top it with shredded coconut and granola. And yeah. And it's the sort of thing that tastes fantastic as breakfast, snack, or dessert. I just, any time of day, I'll take it. If she's making one, I'll I'll take it. That sounds amazing. It's so, I would, I, so I would good. never think of, like, putting coconut and granola on top of, like, smoothie stuff. But that makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, smoothie bowls are, like, kind of a big thing around here. And that's where she yeah. got the idea for it. And so, okay. yeah, delicious. It's really funny. Smoothie bowls like I see smoothie bowl like outside a cafe or something. And I just I don't know why it like elicits an eye roll for me. Like my inner inner food snob is like a smoothie bowl like I but I don't know why. I don't even know what a smoothie bowl is. (laughs) I think it's a smoothie in a bowl with some stuff on it. I mean, that's like I'm like, isn't that fruit salad? Yeah. No, no. You you blend it. Is that the thing? Yeah, It's got to be a smoothie. It's got to be. Smooth it's, it's inconsistency. Like liquid in a bowl? What the heck, man? <laughs> go with it. Don't overthink it. Just go with it. Okay. Well, if Laurel made it for me, I'd probably like, you know, faint with happiness. So yeah. don't listen to me. People, just don't listen to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, all right. I'm just going to close out this um, episode with. Something that is the biggest treat, which I try to make every summer, it has nothing to do with something that we eat regularly, but I'm going to mention it anyway, and that is my mint ice cream brownies. I don't know if I've talked about my mint ice cream brownies not before. ever. Okay. No. <laughs> they, I, I feel like I invented this, but then again, I could have just read it somewhere because it's not like it's some super homemade thing. Um, but the point is, my daughter graduated from high school, and uh, we wanted to have Well, you know, I'm using air quotes people over. But what that really meant was just basically inviting people to our front lawn. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to serve some sort of cake or something to celebrate. And she said, please make the mint ice cream brownies. So I made trays and trays of them. And which means we actually still have some in our freezer, even though it's like over, you know, it's many. It's like, you know, a month and a half later. Um, They're very delicious. They will just make you happy. They will just sit there. Until you're like, I'm in the mood for something special. And then you'll remember there are mint ice cream brownies in your freezer. So that's why I'm talking about it. it. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Christine's like, get to the point. Um, Okay. You take packaged brownie mix. 
you make the brownies in a large pan so that they're sort of thin and spread out. So probably like um, a jelly roll pan, like the big kind the of big yep, mega like one. a jelly yeah. roll. Exactly. Um, the important sort of caveat, though, is you need to like line the pan with foil and, you know, heavy duty foil and or, you know, um, not and or or parchment so that you can lift this brownie out. You're going to want to lift the entire thing out okay. once it's done. So you bake the brownie, you get softened mint chip ice cream. Of course, you can use any flavor, but I think it's best with mint. You spread it on top. You put the whole thing back in the freezer and then you remove the whole thing from the pan once it's frozen and you cut it into squares. So it's kind of like a, it's like if an ice cream sandwich and an ice cream cake got together and became like a bite-sized treat. So that's mm. what a mint ice cream brownie mm-hmm. is. And then I take an Andy's mint and I put one on each individual oh, one. Oh, that's yeah, I adorable. Know. <laughs> it's so cute and it's so good and everyone loves them. And there you go. Do you have any pictures? I mean, you know what I'm going to ask next. Do I have next? any pictures? Okay. Take some from your freezer and send me a picture. Mm. Thank you. We just finished them, Christine. <laughs> oh, no. I know. Well, the next okay, time I'll you look make around. Them. Yes. I'll look around. Yes. I'll look around. Wow. That is a, wow. Two icy finishes. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Asha, we're going to, we're going to wrap up now. I would okay. love to hear what your next edit is for this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I have two. The first one is make those mint ice cream brownies. Okay. That's just, I had to say it. The second one really is to look around your town and try a new takeout place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, chances were that, um, you know, maybe during sort of uh, much more sort of restricted times. You sort of found your a few old regulars. We'll see if you can go find a new regular takeout place. Maybe there's something that you would enjoy that's different. I co-sign that because, and I you'll be delighted hopefully to hear this, Asha. But we tried a we hadn't had Indian food in a very long time. We just didn't have a favorite place and decided to try this hole in the wall really close to us. And it was delicious. Uh, mm. The food was delicious. They had incredible mango lossies. It was just like mm. all in all a very satisfying experience. So yes, Wonderful. get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, my year next edit is similar in that partially, I guess. Uh, and it is to spin through an old cookbook or a recipe binder or grab a cookbook from the library. Um, you know, we're fans of libraries and either find something new to make or if you're looking through you know, something you have, an old cookbook or binder, remind yourself of something great that you haven't cooked in a while that you mm-hmm. know will be a surefire hit. Yeah, I want to make salmon cakes. I will find, I'm, Martha Stewart's pretty good at, you know, putting out those online, the, re- the mm-hmm. recipes that are in her magazine. So I will definitely look it up and see if I can try to find it. But literally, I, I clipped this recipe like 20 years ago. So. Clipping recipes, man, oh, that yes. just brings back memories. Yes, yes indeed. All right, folks. Well, um, gosh, I'm my mouth is watering <laughs> and I'm sure yours is, too. Um, I just want to remind you that you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to the resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. Chat with us on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show or send us an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. We'd also be grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about us. Thanks for listening. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.